Welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm Dave Cohen. And I'm James Carey. And this is episode 193 of uh, the uh, podcast. So this week we're dealing with uh, a lot of, there's been a lot of news and a lot of uh, changes have uh, come about to the BBC comedy commissioning process. Uh, we'll be talking about that first, and then we'll also be talking to uh, two of our Patreon members who are also um, doing pretty well as uh, writers uh, in their own right. So uh, say a big hello to uh, Eleanor Haywood. Hi. <laughs> and Dan Swerrit. Hello. And uh, we'll be talking to, to both of you about uh, topical comedy and uh, what's what's going on uh, in the world of topical comedy at the moment. But um, Because like... we're going to talk about that because there is a new show in town, a new open door policy show, which mm. uh, if you want to write sitcoms, I would suggest you think about heavily writing or attempting to write for this show uh, that's uh, that's already on iPlayer and is already open to be written for. So... That's all coming up. But first, breaking news, uh, Dave. Breaking news. Yes, yeah. it's um, the, uh, the comedy uh, departments. There's a new, well, relatively new head of comedy, a man called John Petrie, took over from uh, Shane Allen uh, a few months ago. And um, there's been a complete overhaul of the BBC comedy commissioning uh, process as a result of that. Uh, now, before we all go away and moan about, oh, yeah, here we go. Another new commissioner, another new overhaul. Um, I was thinking exactly that, Dave. How did <laughs> you knew, know? I knew you were. That's yeah. why I said it, Joan. Yes, that's right. Um, I, I nearly interrupted with a, uh, so yeah. what, what order are the deck chairs on the Titanic this yeah. time? You know, all that kind I of could, stuff. I could see it in your face, we're, we're, <laughs> even though it's a podcast. I do not. Um, and for the record, I do not necessarily think that necessarily. Uh, but let's be honest, the BBC is still the biggest game in town in commissioning original UK scripted comedy. And so whether we like it or not, this is this is big and significant. And so listen up, folks. Dave, what's going on? Well, I'll tell you why I think it's different. It's because there's there's, there's been a lot of actual decisions. And we had, I mean, I, I, was, I liked Shane. I, you know, he's a nice bloke and everything. But I did feel that for years and years, there were, there were always kind of pronouncements and uh, big ideas. And we've got this, we're going to bring everything under the, the great comedy umbrella. And they're all, you know, it's all, all lovely pie in the sky stuff. But there's a few, bit, a few very specific things that they've said that are changes from, from things before. And I think really all of them are, are good. Um, the first thing uh, to say is that they've stated very clearly, and uh, wait for it, James, they are currently more interested in sitcom ideas than comedy dramas. Hooray! See, now yeah. four years ago, James and I were went to a similar conference in uh, Stratford in uh, East London. And everybody there was, it was all comedy drama. That's what we want. We want comedy drama. Yeah, what what do you mean by comedy drama? We won't know until you write it and send it to us. Thanks, that's very helpful. Um, so they want sitcom. Um, great, you know. Yeah. Um, what, what what do you have to say to that, James? Eh? Yeah, yeah, great. What's not to like? I mean, yeah. I mean, it, there's, there's no point in being cynical, really. Let's just take it at face value. And if they're about to drop, if they're about to drop, you know, several million pounds on sitcoms they wouldn't have otherwise produced. Then great. I mean, one of for me, one of the great problems that we've had in terms of finding hits is you you have to fail before you find hits. You commission eight shows, ten shows, uh, three of them are unwatchable, uh, four of them are quite missable, one of them's passable, one's pretty good, and the other one's fantastic. Um, and the idea that you can just produce the fantastic one without the others is obviously nonsense. So. You know, the more the more the merrier. Um, so this is all to the good, and it sounds like there is kind of money and commitments to spending, backing up some of this stuff. Is that right, that's, Dave? Or have I jumped right, the gun? Yeah, I'll, and I'll bring in uh, another thing I was going to mention later, but it comes straight off the back of what you were say just saying there about you know you have to make stuff that doesn't work in order to make stuff that does work. They are bringing back um, the non-broadcast pilot, and I think that's really good news because that I think. The rot set in really in both BBC TV and radio and, and really across the board. Young people started saying, "There's no, we we can't afford to make pilots," um, and and that's kind of been what it's been like for I don't know 15, 20 years now. Um, and my my argument has always been, you can't afford not to make pilots because 
you know, we've all seen that first episode of a show and been a bit disappointed by it. And then people say, oh, you should carry on watching it. It picks up as the series goes on. But if you've lost most of your viewers because they didn't like the first episode, well, you know, bye bye viewers what was where's the uh, economics in that you know so i mean i felt that i'm gonna i'm gonna name a show i don't often name shows that um that i thought "Mm, this is a problem but i'm going to there's a there's a show on amazon prime um that should be really popular because it's it's written it's conceived by and stars some really funny people and they are nick frost and simon pegg it's a show called truth seekers no, me neither. No. <laughs> um, exactly. How, how is it that the guys who've made Hot Fuzz, which is one of the finest films to be made in the last 20 years, in my opinion, and not just because it's set in the West Country and filmed in Wells, which is near my house. But it's OK, it's partly to do with that. Um, but again, it's, it's sort of got a whiff of comedy drama about it, but it's half an hour long. It's obviously meant to be funny. We recognise these people as being funny. But I, I timed it. I looked at my watch and said the first joke doesn't appear until 20. 20- four minutes 20 up until that point there's like horror kind of creepy sort of thing because it's all about kind of ghost hunting and then there's another joke two minutes later and I eventually I gave up after 14 minutes um, when my wife suggested we watch something else and I I didn't really have enough ammunition (laughs) to say no 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 can we please stick with it so the rest of the show might be unalloyed genius. Um, I don't know. I haven't got there. And maybe I'll, I'll dip back in later because I've, I've, I love Nick Frost. I think he's really funny. And there's something about that that didn't quite work. But it just feels like they were probably commissioned because of their reputation. Here are eight shows. Go and make eight shows. And actually, if they'd made one and someone said, it doesn't get funny till about the sixth minute. Can we do something about that? And then that affects the rhythm of the whole series they then go on to make. Then, then maybe uh, that show would be a bit more of a talking point. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't often come off the fence like that on a show, and I'm already professionally nervous that I've done that. But it is interesting to me that a show like that has not succeeded. And, and I think lack of pilot is probably um, a, a, an issue there. I don't mm. know. What do others think? Dan, Eleanor, any thoughts on that? I've not seen True Seekers. <laughs> you haven't? I think, I think pilot... Having a pilot season is good. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know about the non-broadcasting because, I mean, that might help from a non-writery point of view in terms of producing and things like that. But I remember they used to do a pilot season on iPlayer. If nothing else, they'd stick them all on iPlayer. And there was a couple of seasons of 10 episodes of 15-minute stuff. And I think, was it um, Hubert Humperdick, that sitcom, and Diane Morgan's um, one as well were 15-minute pilots that, that mm. were like that. So... I can't see the point of not broadca- not not broadcasting it unless, like James is saying, it's sort of a, a test it, a rewrite it kind of a thing rather than yeah. Yeah. than anything else. I think my particular sitcom that that stuck out is Episodes, which is really good, really good. But I don't. The pilot is not good at all. If I wasn't a writer, I wouldn't have watched it after episode one. So that same sort of situation that, that James had there. One other headline, um, again, I think this will please you, James. The, the headline is, uh, think iPlayer first. Um, and their reasoning, what they're saying is, overnight viewing figures are now done. They are yesterday's news. They're not interested in overnight figures anymore. They're, they know that it take, can take a time to build an audience. Um, and, and apparently Motherland, I, didn't, I wasn't aware of this, but Motherland didn't have very good viewing figures uh, at the start of, episode one series one but by series three they had like they were getting massive uh viewing figures through iplayer and so that's something again that's that that you know that this this, i suppose social media has done a lot hasn't it to kind of you know like a a new show starts and everyone gets goes mad on twitter oh fantastic and like 30 seconds into the new show oh this is a pile of crap isn't it you know um and and you see commissioners being kind of influenced by that sort of thing so i think this is a really good uh good good move what do you reckon team well i i I would like to think that the ratings overnight ratings don't matter but they do matter they will matter and they will continue to say we're not recommissioning your show and use ratings to justify it uh i suspect in the future just as they have in the past and 
it's and that's not the reason they cancelled your show because there are plenty of shows that make no economic rating sense but the commissioner really likes them and they they've backed them and then there are others where they've never really liked them or for whatever reason the show hasn't worked out and then they say it just didn't get the ratings i'm sorry we can't go on with this and so my general experience of what i've heard firsthand but also what other writers have said it's like if you're cool and they like your show and the ratings aren't any good then it doesn't matter because you're cool and they'll probably back it and if you're a show you know what I mean so maybe uh but if we get more non-broadcast pilots and broadcast pilots more comedy generally you know I, I don't care really I think I think ratings are used as a cudgel or a I'm not I'm sorry it's not me it's you kind of way well, that's very interesting because that, that, that can actually lead straight into my, my quiz, which is there are now uh, there, there are now four categories of comedy um, that they are interested in commissioning. And they've, uh, this is another thing is it's no longer we're looking for the uh, 9.30 slot on BBC Two on a Wednesday evening or something or the BBC Three uh, demographic. They're looking for four categories. Okay. So let's see if uh, any of you can guess what these, what are the four categories? Anyone? Family. What, sorry? Family. Family. Yes, family. That's right. Uh, Family is uh, one of them. This category is for shows that the whole family can watch uh, together. Um, And um, so, you know, and, and actually the what the way they were talking about it was very much how the hat trick people were talking to us about what they're looking for. They were talking about you know shows that can be watched across the family and by all family members. So, um, guess can we guess what examples they uh, came up with for that? Um, what about here we go? Yeah, here we the go. New one? Is, uh, yeah, <clears throat> the new one. Yeah, um, I'll give you another clue. That's a visual clue that I did for the podcast. Ghosts. I was there, oh. and then I was in the ghosts. Very ghosts. good. Yeah. Oh, very good. Ghosts, yeah. right. uh, and the other one is the goes wrong show. Um, so that's examples of family. Uh, what's the next one? Any ideas of what the next one might be, or another one? Are you I mean, sort of the, like... the headlines. Is it Fleabag? <laughs> uh, well, you've kind of alluded to it because the headline said James. we want another flea bag, which is, I'm well, sure, the last thing they actually said. And some journalist has basically yeah. ripped the headline, and some sub editor has done that. Well, just to come back to what you were saying just now about oh, if you're cool, they'll they'll do it anyway. So they now have a category that they have called reputational. Uh, this category is described as the best British comedy writers and performers at the top of their game doing exactly what they want to do and in brackets <laughs> and sod the fact that nobody's watching. Uh, so um, They didn't write that, did they? They didn't write that. No. Okay, I just, right, just, I just said it. that and yeah. I basically, if that stays in, then my career in the BBC is basically finished. Um, <laughs> again? Again? <laughs> again yeah yeah i've been cancelled and that's great we could all say that now yeah. bloody bbc cancelling us just because they've got no money um is that but... the reputational damage category yes yeah. exactly yeah. <laughs> but um, and you can see the point because the, the shows they listed here are yeah, inside number nine this time with alan partridge uh detectorists and toasts of tinseltown and every one of these shows uh gets incredible press and totally massively uh enormous Mm. press in proportion to the audience figures that they get and that's a kind of so that's really interesting that they're just now saying yeah this is the high-end prestige these these are these are shows that are made to win awards basically as far as i can see would you say that's true james yeah and to be honest i I don't have a problem with that, really, because yeah. in a way, this is how this is how high art and low art work and function. This is how fashion functions. You get people walking down catwalks and stuff, and we all have a good snicker about it and just go, well, look at them. Don't they look ridiculous? But it influences the way things are over the next 5, 10, 15 years. So people at the top of their game get to sort of go, Let, let's try this or that. And, and the mainstream are looking at just going, but it's not funny. Um, and... They may well be right, but equally, it's doing something that's interesting and changing, changing <coughs> tastes and culture and habits, so that TV looks slightly different five, ten years time later. So, 
it's just when there's a lot of that stuff that yeah. uh, that starts to get me down and it feels like that the, the mainstream is being neglected. But it sounds well, like that that's not necessarily the case anymore. Well, what they're saying is, so they've got these four categories. The other two are broad, uh, by which they mean accessible, familiar, relatable. Uh, and that's um, uh, not going out. The cleaner they put in there, Mrs. Brown's boys, um, the outlaws and bad education. Um, and young, as in young people, people just do nothing, man like Mobine, ladhood, uh, etc. And what they're saying is that um, they're, the, the, the idea is that they want those there to be a rough proportion of, uh, mm. of, of those in proportion, so like a quarter of each of them. But what they're saying is they do not get enough uh, family um, scripts. They don't get that they're not making enough. They want to make more uh, family shows. They want to make more shows, the kind of thing that you and I bang on about every week that we want you to write. Mm. So, again, I'd say good news ish, really. And yeah. the other thing, fight come back to the finance thing as well. They're no longer saying, okay, it's a BBC One 9 pm show, therefore the budget will be five times the amount of. Um, this uh, idea that you want to do for young people that's going to be 50p um, and uh, you know and can you do can you give us a script for free please so that they're they're going for a more general uh, cost per half mm. hour and you know they'll 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 look at each case individually which I think is another really good uh, development um, so those are the those are kind of the headlines that have come from uh, Newcastle so yeah, that's good um, news. I mean, yeah. it, what what would be bad news? We're making less comedy. What is good news? We're going to make more comedy. Great, you know. So yeah. I, I think overall, it's just nice the BBC is still determined to keep, you know, keep making comedy that is, you know, the outre stuff that I tend not to like so much, and the kind of the mm. goofy other stuff that I tend to prefer, and all the other stuff in between, really. So. And stuff that was important to me as a, as a kid as well. You know, I, I have different tastes from when I was 15, but I'm so massively influenced by those shows that I was watching when I was 15. Mm. You know, and episodes of Bottom are so widely quoted in my household. Uh, just little lines here and there because, you know, uh, but the, my, my wife really liked it as well. And we sort of subsequently have um, repeated large parts of episodes back to each other. Um, so it's kind of a, it's a total mix, isn't it? And yeah. um, that's what, that's good to know. The only thing we don't know much about, and we should maybe try and get Mr. Petrie to come on to the show to talk about it, um, is the business of, you know, well, for, for writers starting out, where do you, um, how do you, how do you get to the gatekeepers or past the gatekeepers or whatever? Um, there's, if you want to, if you've got an independent idea for the BBC, you still have to, go to an independent company and we know how hard that is for for new writers people starting out and we've we've talked a lot about that but there isn't anything as far as i can see about how you actually get anything made in-house in the bbc and what, well there is there is no in-house there's bbc studios and actually i take it back there are things actually there are there, there's stuff that the the stuff that i kind of missed out because i wanted to didn't want to kind of dis discuss these things in too much detail there's a lot of stuff channel 4 e type stuff for writer performers yeah uh five minute sketches and sort of equivalent of blaps and that kind of thing so they are they are kind of and they're and they'll include something like this new topical radio show dms are open that we'll talk about in a minute um as the kind of example of things that, that you know where they are saying yes these are these are ways in yeah. um but we should probably find out more about that and and do that that would be like another episode i think we should so i i pretty pretty um i'm pretty pleased with what happened i was supposed to go to newcastle myself but i couldn't actually go in the end so um the 25 extra sitcom geeks podcasts that i was going to record um <laughs> have to have will to be for another day, day i'm afraid yeah. But so, uh, but just to go, I mean, but to yeah. segue into our next thing though, in terms of how am I going to get a sitcom on mainstream television? So well, you need a relationship with a producer. You need producers to go and bat for you in a room that you don't get access to. They go through into the holy of holies where they get to commune uh, with the almighties. Um, and so, uh, how how do you do that? How do you get access to these high priests? 
and that's actually delivering regularly comedy that they can use in existing shows. Um, and there is such a show that has, you know, there was previously a news jack on Radio 4, and there would be a rotating, you know, uh, producer of that who would, you know, would move on to next shows and, and have relationships with writers. So th there's a new show in town, and we should we should talk about that, shouldn't we? This this is one step on that ladder. Yeah, just to just to sort of fill in with the headlines, um, Sean Ed William was the uh, controller of uh, comedy at uh, Radio Four, and she has uh, she left, and uh, Julia McKenzie has taken over. Julia was uh, previously was in charge of comedy. Um, BBC Sounds, or uh, the, the, the the title changed over the BBC Audio Studios something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, she now has, uh, and, and this was kind of her, probably her almost her first announcement on getting the new job was uh, there's another open door show coming from uh, the, the BBC. So that's that is to be applauded. You know, so that's really, really that is a good news. And I mean, it's all happened very quickly so quickly that we um we're, we're our show's going out before the first episode but um we only found out about the whole thing about three weeks ago but I well think, actually uh, but by now you can as this episode drops you can now go and listen to the first episode on iplayer um so you know bear, bear that in mind but yeah it's new so we we don't we don't quite know but uh exactly uh what's going to work and what isn't going to work but but what do we know and what what's the advice for getting stuff on that show so Eleanor and Dan, I gather you uh, there was a, a webinar recently that you you uh, saw about that. So what 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 were the kind of what's the main yeah. sort of takeaway? Um, I guess one of the main new exciting things about it is well, it has no audience is a key thing to perhaps consider, um, and they're going to be doing sketches, one-liners, and they'll have a new thing called voice notes, um, which is quite interesting for writer performers where you have an opportunity to record a 20-second piece, joke, hopefully funny. Um, so that's a kind of another angle that they're going to have. But essentially, it is a, you know, a topical comedy news show. Um, and the sketches, I guess, are going to be similar to... Well, I, I think they're quite open to changing things, but they said your kind of newsjack sketches possibly is kind of how the, you know, the basic template for what you're working towards. Um, but in terms of the angle, they don't want sort of stuffy Westminster stuff, but more kind of whatever might be in your news feed, you know, constantly scrolling. So, you know, the debt trial at the moment, Elon Musk um, or big blockbuster films, celebrity gossip, that kind of thing, as well as, you know, ongoing social things that they might be talking about, like energy bills, that kind of thing. Okay, and because um, the sketches in Newsjack were they they were kind of topical only in so much as they took they would take a story, wouldn't they? And you could sort of go anywhere with the story. Is that is that the kind of what they're talking about this time? Yeah, I think they've um, I think they've actually done quite a clever thing because I think in for Newsjack you were trawling through the newspapers and, and reading things that you weren't particularly interested in sometimes, and now what they've actually said is we want to see a show that represents your timeline which yeah. is quite a clever way of doing it because the stuff you'll see in your timeline is stuff you're interested in and we'll all see something slightly different so that maybe there'll be less repetition um from the sketches they receive as well yeah i mean the very title of it what's it called dms are open yeah i mean what i know what a dm is uh but what does dms are open even even mean what is that a re what, DM, what is that should be dms are open all hours for us <laughs> shouldn't it yeah it should be yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know yeah. there was i think there's a, a quite a rude connotation of dms are open that i was not aware of um okay. when somebody tried to hashtag that and came up with stuff they weren't expecting to see okay you might not okay. want to put that in the podcast <laughs> okay Oh no! I definitely now. I definitely want to put that in the podcast. They called that's what they called the show. So, yeah. um, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because Newsjack, the predecessor, as it were, is is the sort of inherited the um, uh, the weekending kind of thing, which was a this is our comic look at the news, whereas actually this is much more uh, much more twenty twenty two in the sense of this is how people are experiencing life digitally and socially 
And so this is every bit as current. It's just not as driven by the news agenda. It is driven by the social media agenda, uh, which is related and similar, but but not the same. Um, and that just it's just going to infuse things differently, isn't it? It's going to make it feel like you know this isn't this isn't for listeners of the Today programme in quite no. the same way. This is more for listeners of um, of BBC Sounds and and podcasts and you know. It's for a new generation. Yeah. I mean, also talking about, you know, topics to cover, they said um, Love Island, new series is coming up. And they said that would be a definite thing that they'll want to feature and do stuff on. And Generation Z, oh, climate change as well. as. But they said weird memes, if, you know, there's some viral thing going on, that can be referenced. Um, and also, I guess a key change is that in the performers, there'd be five performers in each episode. Um, but they said they'll they'll be using performers who've sort of come into life, as it were, on your TikTok and Instagram and stuff, who are, um, you know, online stars rather than having come up a different route, you know. So I think that's quite exciting that they'll be bringing their audience to it as well. well that's good. And just one thing that I'll announce on the, the 31st of May, Tuesday 31st of May at 7pm British time, um, I'm doing a little thing with uh, Gemma Arrowsmith for the British Comedy Guide uh, about sketch writing. And um, Gemma's going to be one of the um, script editors, sketch script editors for one of the episodes of uh, DMs Are Open. So we will probably talk about um, the kind of thing that, that she will be expecting uh, to, she'll have heard a couple of episodes by then as well. So so we'll have a kind of clearer idea uh, on that of, of specifically the kind of sketches that they'll, they will be uh, looking for. Now, um, in terms of then the one-liners, um, was there anything is there anything particularly sort of new or different about how you know how, how you approach writing one-liners for this show compared to the uh, other shows shows like news jack for instance i think there's um well there's less you can only send two one-liners now which suggests they've kind of done a bit of a dynamic change it's three sketches which suggests that news jack wasn't getting enough but their limit of two and they want to push it in a sketch direction rather than one-liner direction. But for Newsjack, you could you could write six one-liners, which to me, even at the time, didn't seem like very much. So to write two and hit the mark of what other people at the other end are reading is, is you know, it's pretty hit and miss in that respect. But I think the one-liners are, are in, along the lines of breaking news as it was in, not breaking the news, this has been a bit of confusion the breaking news one-liners that they seem to have in newsjack so they could be a setup punchline kind of a thing or a, a one-liner in character that somebody can deliver it's not necessarily like a newsreader reading it and, and delivering it um just just yeah just to clear up that confusion as well there there is a show called breaking the news which is a, a radio scotland show which is on 30 weeks uh, a year and that actually they want all they want your one-liners they want lorry loads of them so um and in fact after uh, we, we finished recording this we're going to do a, a a separate interview with dan who's written a lot for breaking the news just a, a sort of uh, quick uh, quick guide to that some some of the best sort of hints for writing uh, how to write jokes for breaking the news yeah um so that will be thing... just to, to clarify so if you're enjoying this podcast there will be an extended version of this podcast available uh, to our patreon subscribers which is one of many reasons to join us on patreon not least of which there is a secret facebook group which is actually morphing and has morphed onto discord so that you don't have to use um mark zuckerberg's tool uh, to communicate with other people so um and there are lots of other things as well and extra podcasts um and, and, and all those sorts of things but yeah so there is an extended version of this podcast uh, available uh, as I, I was gonna say as we speak not strictly true as you listen uh is is, is more reflective of the well, reality but just going back to so we'll talk about that specifically um at the end but as for dms are open um our listeners may be thinking i want to write sitcoms okay but fine i should probably write some sketches what do I do? Where do I start? This show barely even exists yet. What's the point? Um, but how, how are you attacking this, um, Eleanor and Dan? What, I mean, Ellen, maybe Eleanor first. What, how are you going about this, this sort of latest curveball that's been thrown at you? Here's a, <laughs> you know what I mean? Here's, here's some experience. Here's an opportunity. Um, it's, you know, 
there's this thing hurtling towards you, which is still slightly covered up. It's dimly lit. Um, how are you catching it and making the most of it? Um, well, it is a bit hazy at the moment, but I think it's kind of exciting at the same time because I don't, you know, they, they're kind of keen not to be too prescriptive really about what they're actually looking for because I think almost they're not quite sure how they want it to formulate itself. So I, I think that kind of is a good opportunity. So, you know, episode one, I probably will write in the, in the vein of sketches as if it was a kind of newsjack thing, but in terms of the topic, be more current and online and gossipy about it. So, um, but, you know, I think it's a, it's a good opportunity. And, and the producers, when they, they talked and they did a webinar prior to the first episode, um, you know, they said it's definitely an opportunity for writers to progress and they talked about how they've used, um, uh, I think it's about eight writers who used to write for Newsjack to be sort of on the, on the team for DMs are open as well. So I think that does show that, you know, there will be an opportunity as the show evolves for people to kind yeah. of grow with it, which I think is really good. Because yeah. initially that sounds, you know, just to flip down its head, it sounds like, oh, they've already got eight writers who wrote for Newsjack. Okay. So yeah. what, what's even the point? They've already got their own people to which we would say, well, where do you think they got those new those those writers from? Yeah, these were writers with no track record who fought their way onto Newsjack, and they're now the in-house team, as it were, um, who who are obviously at an advantage in terms of access, and that they're, they're literally there as they're making the show, as it were, or they're much closer. But you know, they they, they fought their way on into that position, um, in the, and in the same way, when DMs are open, morphs into something else, then there'll be a different team of people, and, yeah. and that could be you know, people listening to this podcast right now. So in a way, it's just embrace that, that this is how things are done um, and, and try and make the most of it. But obviously, it's, it's hard. It's, it, there's a, it's a mountain to climb, but mountains are climbed, are they not? Yeah, it's not, it's not impossible. I've known in one, in one series of New Jack, I know somebody started writing for episode one, and by episode six, they were in the room. Now, wow. That's probably the, you know, that's not the norm by any stretch of imagination, but to not have written for it for a series before and suddenly be in there by the end of the first series you're writing yeah. um, is very impressive, but it can yeah. be done. And, and, I, just and I got invited in yeah. you know, after a few series of success. So I did four series of yeah. being in the room, which was a nice feeling. But really, in some ways, getting your stuff broadcast is not really what it's about. It's about that producer relationship to progress your career. Yeah, if you want to get a sketch on get it on, it's fine, show your friends and then forget about comedy writing. But if you want to do comedy writing, this is about building producer relationships and relationships with other writers as well. Yeah. And also learning the skills and the discipline of, of writing, of writing to a brief. And I mean, the other thing is, although um, well, what's great and exciting is that the, the format of this show is up for grabs. And if you can get a sketch which just feels like it could be repeated, but with slightly different words, um, then you're going to get first dibs on writing that sketch for potentially, you know, 15 episodes or for however long that feels like it's current for this series or the next series. So there, there's that. But also the other thing is just to bear in mind that they just need stuff to broadcast. Don't Don't send them a seven page sketch that they then have to edit that, you know, edit it yourself and make it, you know, they have a problem. We need content, but we need good stuff. We need funny stuff that we can use. Um, so, so give them what they want, which is stuff that they can use, which doesn't require for them to keep coming back to you and go, well, this is quite a good idea, but it's not quite right. So, and which I know is very easy to say, but the, the overall headline I would just say is, you know, you want to deliver stuff that's just really tight where you've done, you've made the choices. You've said, this is, this is the sketch. Mm -hmm. These are the jokes. And I'm, it's, it's done in two pages, uh, ideally, maybe two and a half at the absolute maximum. Yeah. One of the producers yeah. actually sort of basically said that in that he said, um, successful sketches are going to go through the mangle, as he put it, you know, they're going to go through the reader, the script editor, the producer, then the actors. So you said you kind of really need to have nailed it down and it's got to be as definitive as possible so that, you know, it's instantly, oh, this is what this is. And then it's going to be a winner, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah. I think no, get, exactly. it down, get it down to two pages, a, a one and a half if you can. I think it's noticeable over, like, since I started around for New Jack was 2009, the first series. It, there was, it was, you know, 
key, you sketched to three pages, and then as news up progressed, it was two and a half, and now it's down to two, and it's all making a point about two. Um, and I think he, he, um, the producer said something that James always says, go in really late, start your sketch as late as possible, just have it already in motion, don't like yeah. set said, it up. That's the phrase he said, he said, be, be in the game of the sketch within two to three lines. Mm. And also for the intro, in the, in the way that it was for News Jack as well, the sort of uh, the host presenter will set up the, and contextualise the storyline. But he said in that intro, um, in that brief intro, also obviously get a gag into it, make it funny, and then you launch into the actual script, um, you know, sketch element of it. Yeah. I just uh, wanted to add one thing about, um, I know you are saying about, you know, it's about building the relationship with the producers. Um, but actually, having said that, um, Dan and I have been running a couple of uh, topical uh, courses and, and uh, Eleanor's going to be uh, joining us as well. And uh, we have been uh, getting, working with writers and getting a, a lot of um, credits, actually. It's been, it's been um, really kind of quite amazing how many we've done. But the main thing that we do is not, we don't, we don't, rewrite anyone's jokes for them we don't tell them how to make them funnier and things but the main thing is about um coming back week in week out after you haven't got something on and uh, i think dan you might have a little uh, catchphrase to describe this assistance oh. is fertile yeah how do, 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 do you, i mean that that to me is kind of the key element i mean do you think that's the would you agree uh, both of you Definitely. Well, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think I think. Sorry, Eleanor. I think we've um, proven that over the last years. It's just keep keep going, keep going, keep going, keep refining it, keep refining it, keep going, and don't give up. And there's a in any uh, open door show, there is a lull about week four and week five that you need to aim for as well. That's when you need to be writing your good stuff because everyone's got fed up by then and dropped off. So you, you've got a better chance. Sorry, Ellie. Yeah. No. I definitely sort of keep keep going at it and. Um... Uh, I don't know whether now's the moment, but um, I asked Dave to introduce me to another writer so that I could write with a writing partner on for topical shows to kind of, you know, give me the kick that I needed to be disciplined about it. And um, Dave introduced me to Jo Cunningham and I write with her now for Breaking the News. And it's so much better to write with a writing partner on these things because you're just the number of ideas that you generate and then when you swap and then more ideas extrapolate off the other ideas from your other partner and you just you just generate so much more and then you can be really discerning towards the end of your writing time think okay what is actually really working here and then we finally edit edit each other's stuff and swap stuff around and it just it just kind of makes you accountable and you can get so much more churned out and and then you can't it's, it's exercising the kind of muscle if you like of writing for your comedy show yeah yeah i wrote basically i wrote a blog uh we'll, we'll put a link to it in the uh, show notes but it was uh, suggesting that if you do want to write topical comedy it's really worth uh getting a, a partner uh, how how do you get a writing partner um and that's the there's sort of various kind of tips uh, to how to do that and I know Dan you write a lot don't you with uh, with other people for your uh, your topical writing yeah 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 I write with uh, Stephen Mawinney and Stu Cooper for well, most things to be honest certainly topical stuff um, and it, it's great because we have a we do it all via Google Docs so you can all edit at the same time basically as Ellie was saying somebody has an idea somebody riffs off that idea the next person edits it every joke gets at least two edits before we fall out over it and then um and then we kind of you know order it into the i mean we write a lot of stuff and we've learned to write a lot of stuff and you you will get better as dave keeps saying about your, your comedy muscles you will get better and know what a joke is with lots of practice um well i mean it, it works for us because the other pe the other people keep you motivated as well you don't want to let them down i don't know if ellie Definitely. feels the same but yeah but that yeah, is there, a, a there have been deal. weeks where i thought oh have I got the energy for this? And then I think, yes, I must, because Jo's sitting in London, you know, doing her jokes. And yeah, so it, and She's it thinking exactly the same thing. Pardon? And, and not what, you know, the, the other one's thinking exactly the same thing, but they're only doing it because the other one's doing yes. it and they don't want to say anything. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Actually, that's, a, that's another thing I just briefly wanted to mention. I mean, I, I, I 
don't do so much topical stuff now, but I spent many, many years working on a lot of shows. Uh, and I mean, for and I would say like in the 25 series that I did of Have I Got News For You, and I worked in the room a number of times, and that the exact number of women in those uh, 25 series that I worked on was uh, zero. And, <laughs> you know, finally things are changing but um, have, have you noticed I know that breaking the news have been uh, trying to encourage more women to come and do topical writing have, um, they, have they said anything on DMs are open about that Ellie? Um, they, they didn't on the webinar that they talked about um, that didn't come up but um, cer certainly you know on breaking the news they've been sort of proactive in pushing that shall I Sort of talk about that a little bit now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, back in yeah January, uh, the producer Lauren Mackay um sort of did an invite to the writing list saying, female writers. Um, she wanted to do, hold a Zoom with a couple of the lead writers, Laura Major and Alice Gregg, um, just to kind of encourage more females to submit work, basically, because she said um, on the Zoom, she said that the number of people they're eight roughly 85 percent of the people who submit work each week to the breaking the news show 85 percent are men and she just wants to kind of get the balance a little bit there um and she said also that she's noted in terms of people contacting her directly perhaps at the end of this series asking for feedback which she you know she really encourages um she's noticed that men are much more likely to ask for feedback or perhaps to send in sitcom ideas that they've got or something which you know which she welcomes but she's just said it's quite notable how women tend to just keep quiet and assume that you know that's not going to be welcomed so she's you know says do ask for feedback in fact joe and i asked for feedback at the end of the last series we worked on and lauren came back with amazingly detailed information for us about how we can improve and what we were doing right and it's just really worth pursuing to find that out at the end of a, the end of a series. Yeah. There's a relationship with a producer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's worth pointing out that, you know, BBC studios, although they're technically not the BBC in quite the same way anymore, the public service broadcaster, they're, they're a not-for-profit company or something like that, but they are still the good guys. They are still trying to find new writers and encourage them they want to discover new writers. Um, so you're not wasting your time by giving a significant amount of time to this. And actually, it's not that much time, really, is it? Because it goes past pretty fast. If you, 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 It's just worth allocating two, three hours in a couple of blocks for each episode. And just and it's only for a few weeks. I don't, I don't know how long this run is for. Is it six? Is it eight? Yes, six, six you, yeah. You see, it's actually quite, it's a bit of a sprint, actually, rather than a marathon. It's a series of sprints. So it's just worth thinking about just, okay, I'm going to allot the time to do it. And going back to, we mentioned that interview with Seinfeld um, before that he did with Tim Ferriss, I think, about his work. And that he would just sit down to write new material. And he, the only thing he promised himself to do, that he would sit there for an hour and he wouldn't get up and do, go anywhere or do anything else. And even if he didn't write anything, but since he's there, he might as well write something. Um, so I think it really is that question of blocking out the time and committing to it. Um, because in the long run, um, in the long run sprints, um, if you want to get better at something, it's going to take practice. If you want to find the rhythm, you're going to, it's going to take practice. If you want to get noticed, it's going to take a while. But also this is a step on the road to trying to get a career as a writer or getting a getting your own TV show on TV. You know, these are the early sprints. These are the heats in the early rounds. And you've got to, you've got to start winning them to get through to the next round so that you're in with the big boys. It's, it's so, um, not just about nurturing producers stuff as well because uh, i mean everything yeah every success that we've had come, has come out of news jack but not by the conventional method because we um we were persistently having rejected sketches so this was where the british comedy like forums came in we were all sharing sketches one of us said let's get to together and make a podcast through that i met performers that i write stand-up for now i met Stu and steve to start our relationship we span off into making a radio show for British forces, damned torpedoes. But everything's come out of those newsjack meetings or some, you know, 
ecosystem yeah. that came out of Newsjack has spun yeah. off into these things. And that's where lots of relationships start in terms of writing relationships, relationships with other producers, things you have to show other people. I wrote for Newsjack. I wrote for mm. DMs are open. You just have to say that to other people. They might give you a chance to write on something else, even though if they're not affiliated with the BBC in any way. It might also be worth pointing out is that even if you're not getting things on Breaking the News or DMs are open, um, what we discovered from our chat with Lauren, the producer of Breaking the News, um, when we asked for feedback, is she said, you also had work on this episode, this episode, this episode, that we didn't think we got anything on. And she pulled those jokes out for us. So those jokes that didn't get on the show, but maybe got into the, you know, the recording, they're remembered, you know, the producers noticed that. And so even though you might think you're not winning, oh, I didn't get credit that week, don't be disheartened because it might actually be that you you know your your work is being spotted. Yeah, if you're if you're consistently writing good stuff, they'll they'll see your name on the email and read your stuff first. That it jumps to the top of the pile. However much they want to do it as a fair system, they'll see that Ellie and Joe are writing good stuff and want to read their stuff because they know it's good stuff. And and you want your name at the top of that pile in terms of mm. in their head. Just just thinking these guys write good stuff. It goes on to my point about. Don't be the pun guy. If you're just writing puns all the time, they will ignore your email or leave it till last. Throw one in every so often, but don't write 20 pages of puns. I've worked on shows and I've seen I've seen this happen, uh, working on a show in an edit, a radio show, and um, they say, okay, it's, um, it's uh, 16 seconds over. Um, and they'll just look through and they can see all the one-liners and they'll say, all right, there's, there's two jokes that are eight seconds long and they won't have looked at them and gone oh what's which of the better they go right there's eight seconds gone there's another eight seconds gone and it's totally arbitrary what well, you know when you're in this if your show's in the script and it gets recorded your piece gets recorded and it gets a laugh you know if it doesn't then appear it's 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 just bad yeah. luck but then sometimes other ones might appear and it's good luck yeah. so you know so it sounds like here the idea is that we're we're encouraging people to commit to the process and be aware that, you know, you can invite yourself to taking part in this process. And the end result is not necessarily the 28 minutes of edited broadcast final stuff with a list of names at the end or let credits on, on iPlayer or BBC Sounds. It's getting into the mix. It's getting stuff seen. And you, you might get stuff into the final recording, which then doesn't make it for reasons totally beyond your control. The reason it wasn't part of the final broadcast was if once they'd recorded it, they discovered, you know what, this just sounds a bit similar to that other one. And that other one's just 5% more topical. So I think we'll go with that one rather than this one. You don't know all of those decisions are being made. But I can tell you for one thing, you're not going to get noticed if you don't submit any material. So you know that yeah. zero chance of them phoning people randomly they're getting a phone book and they're phoning people asking for they're not doing that um but uh, they're only going on what they're uh, on what they're being sent so you know that there is an opportunity to put the power in your hands and you know you guys are evidence of the fact that it works and to some extent dave and me you know we came up through this system too i was writing sketches for Weekending in the news headlines. I wasn't good at the headlines. I got some sketches onto Weekending, um, and that kind of laid the foundation for getting a sitcom on Radio Four mm. called Think the Unthinkable, um, and that was probably the biggest break that I got. But I only got, I only really got to pitch that show because I was already kind of in the mix for writing slightly, in my view, underpowered sketches for Weekending, which, mm. to be honest, was past its prime and, and was soon replaced by. Uh, another show before Newsjack came along. I, I can't remember what it was, but Recorded but I was writing a sitcom by then, so I didn't care. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Well, I met I I, I met uh, Pete and Claire at uh, Weekending um, in 1983 when the show was, let's face it, already past its prime. <laughs> uh, uh, um, you know, I still occasionally write with Pete. We wrote, we've written together on and off for you know sort of nearly nearly 40 years and. Uh, still still occasionally do stuff together so um you know it's um you do that that, that those kind of relationships that start there you know they they, they they can be relationships that you have for the rest of your working career so um, great um, well do you know what i think i think we've reached our limit um so we're gonna draw stumps there on the main podcast but over on the um 
uh, Patreon pod extended version. We're going to talk about breaking the news specifically and some other stuff that Dan in particular has has given some thought to. So we'll do that. So um, why don't we say thank you very much uh, to Eleanor and to Dan for joining us um, yep. and for uh, giving of yourselves. If we have made we if, if our comments about other BBC shows have in any way made you look bad, we take full responsibility for those. Um, uh, you may you may distance yourselves from my comments about truth seekers on Amazon Prime. Um, so, um, uh, but uh, but great. Thanks very much for listening. Um, and is there other stuff we should be saying, Dave? Just, like? Well, I just wanted to, uh, to just mention if you are kind of interested in writing one-line topical jokes for, for other shows apart from uh, the DMs are open, um, Dan and I and Eleanor are, are doing a little course. Um, you can find out more about that uh, if you write to uh, funnyup0202 at gmail.com com funny up zero two at gmail.com and that's going to be running uh through june and uh and july and james have you got anything coming up um probably but <laughs> the obvious place to do if you look if you go to the situation room on youtube i've made some fairly punchy five six minute uh videos about writing sitcom scripts and uh and i've got a mailing list as well called the situation room so go down there i've got a webinar coming up uh on the uh 30th of may which is very soon which you can come into it's a pay what you like webinar and um uh, and it'll be like hands-on writers room experience uh so uh, that would be fun why don't you join in uh, for that so go to go to my go to my blog for that sitcomgeek.blogspot.com and you'll find out how you can get get hold of that and then sorry a quick reminder that the next day 31st of may i'll be doing the uh uh little webinar about uh, how, how to write sketches uh, with Gemma Arrowsmith and that's uh, through BCG so you can get the information from them that's 31st of May 7pm 7, 7 so BCG is, is the British Comedy Guide and they are comedy.org.uk is that right? comedy.co.uk 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 who very kindly host this podcast not that you'd know (laughs) Uh, but anyway thanks very much for listening and we'll speak to you next time cheerio